0: Well, hello friends, welcome to the From Busy to Rich podcast. This podcast exists to inspire advisors like you to increase your profitability and the quality of your life, but not just for yourselves, for those that you serve. Uh, last week, we kicked off a series titled, if I wasn't doing this, I'd be doing this. So I'd love for you, Wes, to give us a recap of last week and tell us what direction we're gonna go today. Uh, and this is the first of a two part, um, session series if you will so wes welcome catch us up and uh then we'll we'll jump into the next part
1: yeah thanks andy Uh, so last week as we kicked this thing off um it really stemmed out of a discussion i had with a friend of mine dick patterson uh who's who is now 78 years old um and it was about, it was a hiring discussion that he was having because he's advancing his organization. He's doing a bunch of additional things and wanted to bring in a new person. So he wanted to do a good job of that. Uh, I met Dick when he was 70 and he came through transform, which again, the, 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 the attitude and the spirit of this man is just awesome. Uh, because he just constantly is evolving, which is rare for, for someone particularly as far down the road as he is. But here's where he, where it came from. Is at the end of our discussion, uh, you know, he's real excited about it. And he said, Wes, you know, it's funny. I have friends of mine that asked me, Well, they, gosh, when are you going to retire? And and he said, Why would I retire from something I love? And, and so with that thought, I, I reminded me of that Luke Combs song where he talks about, you know, his old, co- co- going, go, he's getting interviewed by somebody and they're saying, Hey, Luke, if you aren't doing this, what would you, what would you do? And he's basically like, I'd still be doing this. If I wasn't doing this, I'd be doing this because I just love the art of what I'm doing. I love the expression of it. And even if I wasn't getting paid, I'd still be doing it for free, right? I'd still be doing it because I, I enjoy it. So where we go with that is, is how do we create a, a a job or a life or an organization that you never want to retire from, mm. that's so evolutionary and so in tune with things that move your your spirit, that you w- want to do it. Yeah, you, you yes, we all need money. We all need uh incomes and and we have mortgages and things like that. But but how do we how how, how do we do it not not just cuz we have to, but cuz we want to. And we want to so much that even if we didn't have to, we would still want to. And and so uh last week we talked about um David Selliers, uh who is the marketing director for Chick-fil-A for many many years and and his, his uh kind of coming up in the business and how how he he they create such an atmosphere there at Chick-fil-A, you know, 18, 19 billion dollar company now, that people always ask him, hey, how do you how do you hire such great people?
0: Yeah. yeah. He said,
1: well, we, we focus on becoming and being the kind of organization that the people we're looking for are looking for. Yeah. And and one of the methodologies that he had that I think was so critical and I think is so transferable. Um fact after the podcast, Andy, I I got on the phone with a client or a call Zoom with a client. And he said, hey, Wes, I don't have a lot of time uh, today just because I've got to have a really difficult conversation with somebody about their performance. And and I said, hey, wait, here's a framework you can use. And so if you didn't get to check out last week, go check it out because I think it's it's real fundamental. It's called the CCP, which was uh, competency, capacity, contribution, and promotion. And it's a framework that they use to make sure their people are competent at the job they've hired them for. To become an A player, that's the number one thing. And we got a track record that helps you do that in tools. And uh, and we talked deeply about that. Capacity, how do you do your A player work in 80% of the time instead of 100% of the time? So now you have space to try on uh, contribution, which is new things that are not yet a part of your normal, and, and get good at that to where ultimately it creates promotion. So go through that framework because you do that. You have a framework where people who want to grow and transform, they couple to that environments like that that allow it and you become the kind of organization that people just are, aren't wanting to leave. They don't want to retire from. So that brings us to today.
0: Well, and I want to, you know, the frame of what we're talking about, again, with this, with this series, as if I wasn't doing this, I'd be doing this. The idea that there are, the truth that we know is not an idea, it's the truth, that, that there are people that thrive in this business. And I would submit that most advisors can have a less and much less than ideal experience as an advisor, but stick with it because the money is good enough. If they go, well, you know what? It's just, it's worth it, you know. And while that might be true, you know, you're making enough. Um, if 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 you ask yourself, or listening or watching, um, what if you could make the same, and we would submit more, but just enjoy it a lot more. Would you want that? And right. I think the answer is yes. So understanding that, that this is not, you know, unicorns and rainbows. And it's like, it's this crazy world that doesn't exist. Like, no, this is, this is attainable. The question is, how do we, how do we attain it? And there is a path to this. And I think part of it is understanding the game you're playing. Um, and we see this with different companies and we see this with different individuals that they just sort of live a different life. They're playing a different game. Um, I you know, it's easy to point to, you know, bigger names. Like I don't think Elon Musk bought Twitter because he thought he going to make a bunch of money. He <laughs> bought it for other reasons. Right. Yeah. And I hope he didn't buy it because he was going to make a lot of money, because he's not. But but the idea is I think he's playing a different game. That's right. Right. Um more recently he actually gave or or Tesla gave a bunch of um, information to other car manufacturers about how to run on this different battery, um, uh, system, uh, because they really do want, they do want to, they want to have an influence and they're playing a different game. They're not playing against as many of their rivals as much as they're saying, not, we, we just want to be all about electric. Right. So the, there's this phrase of playing an infinite game. Um, and so if you could help us understand that, and then we're gonna dive into one part of what it means to play an infinite game. So, first, Wes, what does that mean? Yeah, yeah. So, so the difference here, then this this comes
1: out of um the work of James Cars and uh and Simon Sinek. Simon Sinek actually made a lot of Cars's work really, really famous in his book, uh The Infinite Game. And and the the, the premise is this, and then I want to give you some examples. Um, the finite games, they have fixed rules and agreed upon objectives and, uh, that, that define how the game is supposed to be played and how winners are determined. Um, they are played with the purpose of winning within those rules to the end of the game. The game does expire. So examples of that would be, uh, in sports. So a football game, you know, it's fixed rules. There's a time limit. Everybody knows at the end that there is a winner and by, by default, there has to be a loser. Um, debates, elections—those are those are all finite games. Um, infinite games—they really don't have a, per se defined rules. The guidelines of play um, they adapt and they change to keep the game alive, and and they're played almost purely for the purpose of continuing to play. Okay, not not to end it. And examples of this are going to be like business, um, politics, or, or evolution of ideas. And and while there are, we'll we'll get into some of this, there are finite games that need to occur within an infinite game. If you're not aware of the infinite game, ultimately you're going to stagnate. Ultimately you're going to uh, lose the will and the resources to be able to continue to play. And uh, you're going to frustrate a lot of people in the process. And what you won't be, if you are constantly and only competing in finite games is you won't be a type of organization that people never want to retire from. You'll be the type of organization people are ready to stop playing that game with you. And and I think that's the mental shift. And I think in particular with advisory practices, this is a big idea. And I see them both playing out. And I think we can talk about how that landscape of that works today in some real tangible examples.
0: So here's an example. Just confirm these for me and or bring up more of them. And feel free to jump in here as well, Justin. When it comes to playing an infinite game in business, you know, um, uh, a company can gross a million dollars and another company can gross a half a million dollars. It doesn't mean the company that grossed half a million dollars lost or netted, whatever gross net, right. whatever. My point is it, it's not like, Oh, you lost. You lost because you made half as much as the other company. You know, it, it's not the stock market does not give a winner every day or a medal or a trophy. If you know, you, your, your stock price went up the most, meaning. Business is such that there is not a clear, there doesn't have to be a winner. There can be a lot of winners, right? right? Um, that's a finite game is there's only one Super Bowl champion. We've never had a tie Super Bowl champion. Like it's not, right. we keep playing until we win, right? Um, so what are the examples of what? Well, of this negative thinking or this negative, like where advisors feel like I'm losing. Yeah. Because the only way to lose is that, that the other guys will win quote unquote winning or they beat you. I, I, I think that the different way of thinking of it is, Hey, you know what? There's probably an advisor that for instance, you lose a client. Hey, I wish you well. And you know, that other person takes care of you and I'm going to go find another client to work with. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Let me, let me lay a foundation for this. And, and
1: I want to use an example that Simon Sinek uses in his book, Inf- uh, The Infinite Game, because it will translate directly into that question you just asked. Okay. And, and so in, in January uh, 1968, the North uh, Vietnamese launched a surprise attack on, on, on American allied forces. Um, they threw over 85,000 troops at over 125 targets across the country. It was called the Tet Offensive. Right and, and Tet was the Lunar New Year, and, and they had long since held this tradition or this ethic that there was no fighting. It was like that one; we don't do anything. They decided to break with that because they were playing a different game, and they went ahead and launched this offensive. Now, crazy thing is, like over the over the course of that um, initial offensive, they lost like thirty five thousand North Vietnamese, and we in the, in the United States lost a few hundred troops um so you would say well that was not not a success you'd say we won yeah. that yeah. right in in a finite game and then it would go on over the, almost the next 10 years um uh, the the united states won the majority of the battles that they engaged in uh the us lost 58000 uh, the the 58000 troops versus north korea lost over 3 million yeah. during the 10 years yeah. so here's the thing how do you win the majority of the battles, decimate your enemy, and still lose the war? Because you could say that all the finite battles, the finite games that were taking place were being won predominantly by the United States. But the, the reality is we lost the finite game, which is the will and, and the resources to continue to participate. Probably not the resources, but more the will. Yeah. We decided, hey, we're, we're not going to do that. So think about this, Annie. And, and this plays itself out in businesses and our business all the time Uh, blockbuster Netflix that we spent a whole series on blockbuster was playing a finite game, which was we are going to be the best home entertainment company using video stores. Those are the rules. They're finite. And, and they were, and they won that game for a long time. The problem is the, the infinite game was being the best home entertainment company. Um, all of a sudden shifted from ever being a video store involved in that activity. Whereas Netflix embraced a whole different approach. They were playing a finite game. Yeah. This is the tool and methodology we're using today, but, but we're not limiting that to the playbook that we, that we used yesterday. We're going to invent a new playbook.
0: Yeah. So the idea of an infinite game is that there, there is, um, that it is, it is harder at times to measure. Um, it's more fluid, right? Um, and I think that's, I think one of the problems you find is if you play finite games that, um, you can sort of win the battle, but lose the war. Yeah. Right? Um, and, you know, I think about this too. Um, Mark Cuban is most recently, I think selling a lot of his stake in the uh, Dallas Mavericks. He's going to make something like a billion dollars from that transaction. Like he bought it for like 250 million or 285 or something. He's going to sell it for much more than that. And, um, And I just think about like the most popular franchises in sports, the most the most valuable ones, are often not the ones who win the most Super Bowls. Right. I mean the most valued franchises are like, you know, the Yankees they've won a lot, obviously, but like even the Cowboys. Cowboys don't won a Super Bowl in a long time. Right. Yeah. But they're super valuable. Meaning like at the finite game is, you know, win or lose, but the infinite game is no, we're we're playing we're playing because we we wanna we wanna we want to play a different game than just the, the scores right yeah so i wonder too about and, and again if it was just about who won the most games then the cowboys would not be <laughs> they're not pretty good this year but they would not be still roughly very good the idea that there are more there 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 is more than one winner going yeah. on at the time um is i think hard for people to wrap their head around Um, but what does it mean for you and your team, Wes, when you know that if you're going to play an infinite game, meaning there can be sort of more than one winner, how does that help you and how can it help our advisors grow their business? Think think
1: about this, any, an advisor that comes into this business, two advisors come into this business, uh, let's say it was like I came in into a large, you know, uh, insurance company channel where we were minimally competent at, at a narrative and a thing. And, um, and, and so there was a, a finite game being played in that we had to get a lot of transactions every single month in order to continue to stay in the business um, to sleep indoors and, and eat and, and the things that, yeah. that, you know, need to happen. Now we were thought we were doing good as well along the way, but, at the end, if a transaction was not done, you were going to lose the finite game. Um uh right. and, and and ultimately if you you but didn't keep doing that, you you no longer want to be in the business. There was an infinite game going on at the same time, which is we knew that we had a lot of things we needed to transform and become into in order to do this at a much higher level because of what our win ultimately was, what what our our our, uh, kind of purpose or just cause was that we'll get into in a minute. And, and that meant if I do enough of these infinite, these finite games long enough, and I continue to also allocate time to my infinite game, which is studying, getting better evolving. um, I could, I could do play a different kind of game next year than I was playing this year. Uh, I would take this a step further. You look at advisors that come through our program um, or that you've sat with and interviewed, Andy, that they don't like the game they're playing. They've been in the business a long time, you know, and it's not, it's not that they don't like it. Like you said, they've, they're earning good money. They, they've, they've done some things, but, but they recognize or have come across that, wow, some people are doing this. They are playing a different game. They're playing a game where they're actually getting paid for their advice because they have advice worth paying for and they still get to manage money and they still get to place insurance. Um, for some people, they don't know how to play that game, which is why we give them a path, right? That there is a a different longer where you're not just doing transactional work with clients, you're playing an infinite game, which is transformational. Transactions, they are there is an end, right? There is a, a beginning and an end to the transaction. Transformation can continue until you're off the planet. Um, my, my 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 buddy uh, Dick, who we were talking about at the beginning, is a great example of a guy who has not stopped transforming himself and his practice and for us the work we do with clients is the same if you're playing the transformational game which is where i think we want to inspire advisors to get to because i think it's the best game out there um, right. frankly for people who have a certain heart and a certain mindset um versus that transactional uh can be somewhat hamster wheel type of approach not that you can't do a lot of good and create a good life i just think there's a different game that's more infinite That's less connected to the transaction, more connected to the transformation of the advisor and the people that the advisor is,
0: uh, is help is leading. I want to go to you in a second, Justin, but I also want to mention like, we're not saying you don't have transactions, but what we're saying is that, that in order to have transactions in the context of that, I think Chick-fil-A plays a different game than Burger King, right? With how they go about their business. It doesn't mean that Chick-fil-A doesn't have transactions. It just means they're playing a different game in order to gain those transactions. Justin, what were you going to say?
2: Yeah, I think I think that when you're playing the infinite game, you're you're taking kind of a couple of different factors and making them center stage. Whereas with a finite game, there are places that you're trying to get to. Right, like instead of being a constant state of existence of like how you do things and how you go about your business and how you lead your business, you're you're trying to arrive at a place where you can do those things, and that's the the biggest difference and the benefit of going from finite to that infinite game. And it, like Andy, if I told you, Hey, I'll give you a million dollars. If you take this sandpaper and you rub it on this bobcat's tail for the next 30 seconds, like you might, mu- you might be able to do that. Right. Like, but if I said indiscriminately, you're going to have to rub this sandpaper on this bobcat's tail for, you know, some unknown period of time to possibly get some money. You, you might not be willing to do it anymore. Right. Like there's a different, different mindset and objective that goes behind it. You can grind things out. To get something to pos- that yeah. might get you closer to where you want to be, but I think that's the difference is shifting from like, hey, how can I operate constantly from that state of of you know fulfillment and purpose and passion right yeah. now versus trying to get to a position to where I can do that. Wes, um, go ahead, please.
1: Yeah, when I think when you're when you're thinking about that, just we'll take a, an advisor like our, our practice uh, today as it relates to this. Before we kind of dive into the the purpose um, uh, the side of this, but there are there are finite games like like let's say so we we have the infinite game, and then you back into what are the finite games that have to be played in order to continue to allow the infinite game to occur. And one of those examples I would say would be like let's say a uh, what we call our location expectation phase with a with a client, where you're learning about them, you're letting them know what you do, you're right. also then demonstrating some competence, and you're talking about whether it is a mutual good fit for you guys to continue to meet. That is a somewhat in, a finite game because at the end of it, you'll know. And again, you don't. Uh, you sometimes you win because we agree not to work together, and sometimes you win because we agree to work together. Um, but, but there is a, a definite end and it is here it is. And here's how we're going to move. But then it, it, it enters into the, like, did, did they, did, did you work with, are you working with the client? Then are you continuing to work with the client, which was more infinite? What are the things that need to be in place in order for you to uh, continue to transform and, and help this client think and see and move more powerfully every single year until one of you is out of the game? Well, you know, so I think that that what I don't want people to hear is like you shouldn't have clear beginnings and objectives and like every year we have a we have a a financial uh, finite game we play because we have an objective, and if we don't hit certain objectives, we can't continue to play the infinite game. Right. You know, so there are, there are monetary things that we we potential in. But it's in the context of the infinite game that you can create really useful finite games that help you keep, kind of keep track along the way but I just see people get lost in the finite so often that they are certainly not like excited to show up. They're tolerating it. As Justin said earlier, they're, they're existing in it because it's like I'll grind this out. But anytime you use the words, I'm going to have to keep grinding this out. You're probably not like, like if you weren't doing this, you wouldn't be doing this. You know, (laughs) if that's not the mindset as it exists around it.
2: Yeah. I I think there's a, an analogy there for like running a long distance race. You're tracking your lap times, right? Like your short objectives to kind of see if you're on target to where you want to go in terms of your overall time and objective for the the endurance race. But, but you're still running an endurance race. You can't run it like you're running a sprint. You're not running a single mile when you're running a marathon. If you go on that first mile, you might not ever make it to the end of the race. Yeah. Yep. Love it. You know, I, and I think I think about this often as
0: we see, and I'm sure other people can look at our lives and make the same judgments. But I see people make judgments, make decisions. Then I go, you know what? In the moment, that felt like the right decision, but in the long term, that's that is not an infinite game decision. That that was a very short term decision. Yeah. Um, I, I when I was in ministry and and right out of college and in college, I had an opportunity to work with a couple of boys and hadn't heard from them in a while. And one day I turned on the evening news and they had, I saw their name on the news uh, and it was not good because they had been caught and they were over the age of 18. Um, and, um, and I think about if the goal was to wake up that day and get as much money as possible, they won. Right? Yeah. Uh, but if the goal was to stay out of jail, they lost. Right. So the finite game is go get money. Right. Uh, and the infinite game is, you know, have great character and build things that last and stay out of jail, right? Yeah. Uh, And so I want to ask uh, one of the imperatives of of playing an infinite game is to advance a just cause, to be essentially about something larger than a transaction. So as we get to the end of this episode, I I do want to spend the rest of our time on this. Yeah. What does it mean for an advisor to advance a just cause and what's the alternative to that? Yeah.
1: So when I think about this, it, one of the, the 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 like core frameworks we use to evaluate our organization and remind ourselves of what we believe about this game every single quarter is our what, why, who, how. But what this one gets to the the just cause is really the dances within the what and the why. So our 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 what our when is to help uh, inspire people to increase their profitability and their quality of life. Our, our, our why, which which is really the critical part here, is in our effort to get the most out of life, it's easy to live a marginless life. And in so doing, miss out on some of the things that matter most to you in life. And here's what I mean by that, Andy, just to, to kind of tease that out. You and I uh, and everybody listening, uh, it, we're going to run out of time and, and frankly money before we run out of all the ideas and opportunities we could go pursue. And And in our effort to... Run as fast as we can, get to as much as we can. Uh, what happens is if we're not careful, if we don't have the right filter, we are going to pursue things that scream the loudest, not necessarily the things that are most important. And so what a just, a clear, just cause allows us the capacity to do in this, in this regard is, is to, to create the space necessary to define where is it I want to end up. In light of where I'm coming from and a lot of where I'm trying to go, and a lot of the fact there are more things I can pursue than there's time, it is a filter that enables us to identify and pursue the activities that matter most, that are going to get us to that ultimate destination that we care about most, not necessarily the immediate that just is most convenient that we get to. So, so for advisories, advisory practices, for us, the, the, the just cause is that, look, we stand in the gap to help people identify where they are relative to what matters, and then think through the most compelling things that are going to move them towards that ideal future they seek most. If we don't exist to do that, if we're not out there helping them stop long enough to, and and now how we do that in a given client's life can be all over the place. You know, It could be a book I give them. It could be a asset we manage. It could be a Strategy we implement uh, from a tax standpoint. It, I mean, there's hundreds of thousands of combinations of strategies and tactics. It, it, we're, we're agnostic to that. It's like the just cause is to help them clearly like identify in light of where they are, in light of what the future they're trying to create, which most people don't do that. I want them to design the future, not inherit it. Let it let's help you think through the right distinction. So we've got our pithy fast way we say that, which is, hey, you know, in, in, in our effort to get the most out of life, it's easy to live a marginless life. And it's so doing, miss out on the things that matter most in life. So, therefore, we do meaningful financial planning to help people align the use of their capital with what they really care about. And and so that having that, it's just a great filter. And what happens is that we talk about it every single team meeting. Right. Well, everybody that participates and has participated in our organization, they care about that win. It's compelling to them. And if it's not, you just probably aren't going to be a good culture fit for us organizationally uh unless that makes your heart beat faster
0: yeah because essentially and again I, I hope that people fall on the right side of what i'm about to say and if not then it's been great to have you as a listener but there are the people who listen to this show um you know they they want to sleep well at night and not just because they got the most they could out of the transaction and listen i know that this industry has lots of people in it who Frank, just don't care that much about the people they work with. They really are just about extracting as much value for themselves as an advisor. And that's sad. There are are dealers like that. There are pastors like that. I mean, there's there's all different kinds of people that are just way more interested in themselves versus saying, hey, I'm going to play an infinite game where everybody can win versus the finite game, which is where you have to lose for me to win. That's the finite game. There cannot be two winners, right? And so... Advancing a just cause is to say that everyone can win here. That's right. A finite says you have to lose in order for me to win. And the reality is, and this is, you know, sad, but true is that if someone, someone ends up having to use their life insurance and I don't mean take a loan from it, you know, they've they've gone on, right. Um, That that is a win for their family to some degree. Right. And the peace of mind they've had while they were living that, That their family would be taken care of because they have life insurance and and you knowing that you were compensated for placing that life insurance um you know and the life insurance company having enough balance that they were able to stay in business because not everybody died on the same day you know it's all all these things can win at the same time right and i think uh advancing a just cause is to simply say i don't run around looking for losers a just cause is that everyone we work with can win and we can also win at the same time. Um and and I think that if you hear our voices, you're the kind of person that that wants to live that way. Wes, as we wrap up, how do how do advisors fight against the the finite um temptations, right? The the, the finite game I think is always pulling um Always, sort of trying to say, "Hey, no, wait, no, like, do this, do this, do this," um, because you need to win. Um, yeah, finite. How do you how do you combat that? I I think uh, the best word for it is
1: um, is intentionality. It, it is stopping yourself long enough and regularly enough to define what is your win and why does that win matter? Because it is out of that conversation that's going to be your, your uh, just cause, your compelling just cause. And when you know that, then it serves as a filter for of all the things you could do and the people you could work with and how you could work with them. Everything all of a sudden gets really clear and, and you are not overwhelmed at the indigestion of too much opportunity uh, because you just remove a lot of the things that don't fit and are not in alignment with where you're going as a just cause. It also creates in you instead of a defense of the way I've always done it to this point, it gives you an embrace of challenging what you've always done with potential new ways forward because the just cause in an infinite game is is uh, while that may 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 like be the same forever like, like helping people inspiring people to increase their profitability and quality of life is something I get really excited about. And there's so many different ways we can do that Um, instead of getting, getting to a place where I don't have that in the front of my mind. And, and if I don't, it gets real easy to just do the thing I did yesterday. If that's what's leading me, it helps me see and seize and eventually implement ideas that maybe wouldn't have worked before, but now because of technology or evolution of things, they are going to be such a better way forward. So I don't defend the thing that I've always done, I embrace and challenge my normal with new that helps support the just cause because the goal is not to just play the game that was always played the way it was played. The goal is to play an infinite game and that supports my just cause. So I think it's a very specific distinction.
0: In our next episode, we're going to talk about how to have a flexible playbook is really important if you're going to play a different kind of game um, instead instead of a finite game to play an infinite game. So... We'll talk about the next episode. Uh, Wes, Justin, as always, thanks for your time.